Welcome to the TV show show. I am Brittany High. I am Rob Schulte. Woo, Rob Schulte. Guess what? What? We have a special guest. Thank God. Tell me who it is. It is friend of the podcast, uh, repeat guest if you also listen to Pumpkin Spice Podcast. It's writer, creator, editor, friend of both of us, but better friends with Brittany. Right. John DeVore. Hi, John. Award-winning journalist. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah, well, that too. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll edit that in. Uh, Tele- television. Superstar. Uh, pundit. Oh, yes, that's right. Um, that's I, right. I'm so happy to be on the podcast. I'm also happy to talk to other people. Yes. <laughs> because yes. I don't get to do that as much anymore because I spend all my life living like Quasimodo. Oh. With the humpback and everything. Mostly alone in a in a tower. That that huh. that that part of it. Do you That's swing right. from a bell ever? Or? All right, it wasn't it wasn't a one to one literal. But just trying to paint a yeah, mental Quasimodo picture. Quasimodo lives by himself. He doesn't <laughs> talk to a lot of people. That's that's the that's that the part. aspect of it. But okay, not, not the horribly disf- disfigured. Well, you know. Well, I, I'm yeah. still trying to figure it all out. Um, hey, so yes. quick question. Actually, the question of the day is, John, what's your relationship to TV growing up and throughout your life now? I mean, cover it all. Start from the beginning. That's a big that's a big question. Yeah. I watch I watch it uh-huh. uh, like any great American. I have spent my entire life being programmed by screens of different sizes. Hmm. Um. <laughs> Uh, the show we're going to talk about in a second, one of the many uh, feelings that I, I, I got from it was I realized that I watched TV pretty religiously through my adult, through the 90s, through my 20s, through the, through uh, the mid-90s, and then I stopped watching TV because I discovered drugs. Ah. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, I, yeah. The episode of this show we're, uh, that we're going to talk about happened when I stopped watching TV and was going out and doing drugs. Hmm. I see. So you only got to uh, read the recaps after the fact, right? Well, That's- right. Well, one of the yeah, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, well, look, it's it's one of the benefits of streaming of this whole revolution is I have my I, I have my schedule back. Right. Uh-huh. But I, I didn't watch TV for a long time because, like, I went out at right. night. Right. Well, now you get to make up for lost time. Thank yeah. God. Now I now there's the pandemic. Right. You get to catch up on all the TV you missed out due to drugs. And, I'm, and I have a new anxiety, which is I'm going to run out of TV. <laughs> I oh, have no. that anxiety, too. There's got to be a German word for it. Uh, they they always got a word for something. A, a crippling fear that you're going to run out of content. Yeah. Far So speaking of today's episode, you chose an episode of Friends. It's season nine, episode six, the one with the male nanny. Can you tell us why you chose that episode other than you missed it back in the day? <laughs> I, I went back and forth with Rob. You know, uh, there was a period where I had neglected to email Rob back and then he sent me a bitchy email. <laughs> Um, he was like he was, I, 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 an email that began with I don't mean to be pushy uh, to which I was like well anyone who starts an email that way is being pushy um, but we went back and forth and I uh, you know I, Golden Girls this that 
And we, I, I realized, you know, everyone talks about Friends. And it was basically my generation's TV show that has been co-opted by two other generations. And That's I rude. wanted to use this as an opportunity to like revisit a show I literally have not watched in 20 years. Whoa. Okay. Now I watched Friends a lot too in that same time period. And I pretty much stopped around the same time period as well, but only because um, I have no idea why, because I was terrified of drugs until college. Um, mm. Now, I don't remember this episode happening, mm -hmm. but we had to watch Friends religiously Thursday nights because my dad worked nights at a bar and my aunt would babysit me like during elementary school, middle school, that sort of thing until I could latch key on my own. And I going back and revisiting it, we'll get into it. It's just like, I remember the characters being more loving. <laughs> How about you? Yeah. Britt? What was this your friends? My friends? Well, you know, it's, I don't know what was on the same time at that slot, you know, but I, I didn't watch a lot of Friends until after it was just like reruns. But mm. I do remember in 2004, one of my friends crying <gasps> because it was the end of Friends. And she had a Friends shirt on and she was crying. She was really emotional. And then I remember being like, um, uh, which character do you feel like you are? Like, I was just trying to make conversation. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know what to say. But then I was like, I think I'm a Monica, but I'm not sure. She's like, no, you're definitely a Phoebe or like, I don't know. <laughs> no, you got, you're a Phoebe. Um, Aren't we all? And that's good. because We're all no, a little Phoebe in this room. I'll tell you. <laughs> Phoebe is A, the best character. And B, Lisa, Lisa Kudrow oh, had the best post-Friends mm -hmm. show, which I was, was the comeback. Speaking of TV ever running out, I'm watching Scandal right now. <gasps> and she was... Like she has a storyline and scandal, and I remember like it was like she, I just see her in totally different light now. She's so she's cool. the best. She's she really the best. Is. She's really. Uh, cool. and, and you just reminded me it ended in two thousand four, so I would have been watching Friends for a few seasons in the late nineties, and that's when my bender began right. because it didn't occur to me that that the show ended that far four years into the new century yeah wow wow they were making like three million dollars per episode yeah. or something <gasps> bonkers and like that look, uh, but and look you know how much money did netflix spend on friends like like 500 million dollars or something like uh that show is incredibly popular with people who were little bitty babies during that time mm -hmm. and now it's only available on hbo max I, I think I think the both of you were a little bit of baby because I'm pretty sure I'm 40 years older than both. Of you. <laughs> well, uh, a girl can dream. Yeah, I <laughs> mean, I'm 16 we... forever. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, pretty aren't we all? Yeah. Oh, yeah. good lord. So when I was looking up this episode, I saw a fun fact. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Tom Hanks was originally cast to play the role of Sandy, the Manny of this episode. <laughs> Really? Oh Isn't the, that crazy? The Manny. Sorry, I'll stop the saying Manny. it. I'll only say it like four more times. It's okay. <laughs> it took me a few moments. I'll space it out through the episode. It's going to be fine. But yeah, uh, I read this article that I was like, why am I reading this? But Freddie uh. Prin Prince Jr., he was saying that uh, Tom Hanks was originally cast in the role and then he just couldn't make it back from the movie he was shooting at the time. I didn't have enough energy to actually like cross reference like, oh, what movie was, was it Castaway? Like, what was it that he couldn't oh, ditch man. for friends? It's probably that one where he's stuck in the 
uh, airport. airport the ter- the terminal. Oh, yes. yes. Classic. Classic terminal. We all love it. Classic. Never need to watch it again. Hey, it's a it's a it's a, it's a Spielberg movie. Oh, oh man. Is there, there a dinosaur? Go. Anyway. Uh, but no, he, he said that the night before. So his agent called him and it was the night before the shoot. They're like, do you want to be on Friends? And he was like, hell yes, I do. But then he was like, well, wait, what about my lines? Wow, this is tomorrow. But then yeah. he, he recalled when he met David Schwimmer. <gasps> he said he was cool and passionate. I'm sorry. I just had to share this. If I have to have this information in my brain. In your head. You you do too. You do too. I think the strangest part about it, Brittany, is that's how I talk about you. I'm like, (laughs) like, what's Brittany really like? I'm like, you know what? Cool and passionate. John, you're just passionate. Just so. I'm not cool. (laughs) No, because you told me you weren't cool. And so I have to make sure that you know I'm, I'm listening. But so. I'm like on the down low, guys. He's actually really cool. Yeah, he's okay. actually one of the coolest he's people we know. Really That's cool. why oh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, on yeah, the show. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. Like, Rob, do you have a episode description? Yes, because I was able to uh, get an HBO Max login. And I was very excited because I love when new streaming services have their take on the description. Yes. And Oh, so, yeah. So this is... Season nine, episode six, the one with the male nanny. The manny. The manny. And it goes like this. 2002, 32 minutes. Ross ridicules Rachel's choice of a male nanny. Short and sweet. Some of them are like 10 sentences long. HBO Max didn't spend a lot of money on. (laughs) No. Yeah, their copywriter is not getting paid enough. Nope. (laughs) I think they're missing that subplot of Chandler's funny, funny jokes. Oh, yeah. So should we get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Well, there's a cold open on this episode, everyone. Uh, ran, uh, um, it's Tulsa. I think that's the city skyline we see. It doesn't tell us anything about Tulsa. I'm not sure why Chandler's in Tulsa. He, that's the that's a storyline I realized. Yeah. That oh, okay. he, he spends part time in Tulsa for work. Right, John? I get look I, expert. I I had not seen this. I didn't. I, I had. I didn't really realize that all of the friends were inbreeding. Yeah. Oh lord. Like like it shook me to realize. I guess maybe I knew this, but I didn't. But I was like Chandler and Monica. They all New York City. And they hook up. And then I was like, oh, right. Ross and Rachel. Yeah. yeah. And then don't, doesn't Joey get involved? With well, Rachel later on. I can't believe it. Later? I saw that. Yeah. Later. How you doing? So before I could ask myself, why was he in Tulsa? I, I had to realize, oh, they're all fucking. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They don't like to make new friends. They like their friends. Right. Well, it's like they live in a post-apocalyptic Manhattan <laughs> where like a neutron bomb has gone off and everyone's dead except for them. Oh, that's wow. my dream world. Yeah. <laughs> so Chandler's in bed. The phone rings. He answers. It's really gruff. He's like, yeah. hello. And then he clears his throat and then it's like a deeper, gruffier Hello. Like, can somebody yeah. do a better impression than me? No. No. Okay. No, no one. No <laughs> one can. <laughs> that's, 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 yeah. I'm. I'm like. I'm like. Well, Matthew Perry. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Who got Matthew Perry on the phone? Yeah. Is that- I didn't know this was. I didn't know this was a podcast. <laughs> well, to counteract that gruff hello <laughs> is Monica's. I love my neutron. 
that's exactly what she sounded like. Yeah. Monica's on the other line. She's in her kitchen. She's like yelling at how her good her job is. I love the little. She's like, it's not health department clean. It's Monica, it's Monica clean. clean. Right. Oh, wow. She likes to clean. She's a little. Uh, she's really good at it. Let's put it that way. I'm watching the episode. And I'm just refamiliarizing myself with everyone. Yeah, it makes sense. So, Monica, so, so to what Brittany said, you know, I needed to be reminded that Monica is a militantly OCD. Yeah. 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 When it needs it spick and span and really tidy wherever she's at. Uh, she also adds that she loves everyone she's working with and that right. she met a hilarious guy, the funniest guy she's ever met. He's the maitre d'. And this makes Chandler really frightened. He shoots up from the bed and we shoot right into those classic credits, everyone. Well, and Chandler does the, like, if you're in bed, like, it's the in-bed version of a spit take. If he had been <laughs> drinking water, he would have spit it out. But instead, they just have him, like, shoot up in the bed. A bed, a bed jump. He does a very Nosferatu move there. Yo, whoa. <laughs> Classic. And so, thus begins one of our many intertwined storylines. Yes. Uh, and I'm reminded immediately that these, as you've pointed out, are terrible people uh, because I only spend half an hour with Chandler a week. And I know that he being the funny guy is his reason for being. And Monica, the love of his life, is so thoughtless and so up her own ass. Yeah. She forgets his only character trait. It's right. almost not believable. Almost. Now it's hard for me to believe that this was an actual hit in the 90s. John, I would like you to let me, in your experience. Since I'm 40 years older than you. Yeah, sure. Um, do you recollect this being a hit prior to the show or being a hit because of the show? What, the song? Yeah. Oh, the song was a hit because of the show. Okay. I wasn't sure it if it was like playing on Top 40 and they're like, this is really cool. We're adding it to the uh, show because it was a band. Like they had a music video. Right. Thank you for both sneering at me, making an ageist joke about That's me. That's not what I was then, doing. I'm but sorry. Then, but then suggesting that in my old jalopy, I turn on the radio <laughs> and be like, this is a great song. And then and then years later, oh, it's in a TV show. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I'm so sorry. No, uh, NBC had the money to, to, to pay for an all for a song no one had heard. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And they popularized it. Did yeah. any did any moment of the intro stick out to you? Um I always find it interesting in each scene, they trying to find a different way to sync up the clap moment. And yes. the clap this time was Ross just throwing off gloves. And I felt that was just a, li- a little lazy, a little yeah. lazy. But uh, also Chandler spitting in the fountain. <gasps> okay, was I was, that's the one that I was thinking too, because I was like, <laughs> I don't remember that. But like it, they have him like spitting water, but it's in reverse. So the water like, squirts into his mouth it's just not a good look oh my gosh was that what i was watching or is this one of those things where i make up? i think so i just think like my brain shut off the reverse part <laughs> you know what i mean it's just like you are sitting in a gross new york fountain yeah even though drinking it's the not water. in new york right. uh what about you john uh that thing is so burned into my subconscious i sort of like my eyes rolled back yeah <laughs> uh uh and i had flashbacks 
to to uh, black vests 90s. and white shirts and I, you know I look I it always I moved to New York City in 1996 and. I, Easily within the first few weeks, I wanted to sue NBC for false representation of reality <laughs> because I genuinely thought I was going to get a two, an affordable two bedroom apartment in Manhattan, but I ended up oh. living underneath stairs in Queens. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and so that's what that opening thing reminds me of. It also reminds lies. me of, of lies, absolutely, of lies and. And this thing that the culture has told young people for decades now, which is to kind of accept that things are kooky and shitty and that all of your dreams are bullshit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that was Friends is the beginning of programming multiple generations of Americans to kind of, you know, uh, uh, you know, be comfortable with disappointment. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. So, scene yeah. two, we uh, are at Central Perk. Everyone's comfortable. They're so comfortable, they're holding hands. Yeah, Phoebe and Paul Rudd are holding hands. His name's Mike in the show, but come on, it's Paul Rudd. That's all I see. Yep. And keep in mind, Paul Rudd, uh, 2002 Paul Rudd is not 2020 Paul Rudd. Well, who was he in that context? Was Clueless out at this time? Yeah. He was, but he was a, he was a very good-looking sort of character actor. Yeah. I'm choking, all right? Give me some breathing room. You know. I would say that the the uh, Phoebe's romantic interest who comes in later was probably a bigger star than he was. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Simpsons all the way, right? But we'll get there. We can't open... She can't open the sugar packet because they're holding hands. So she she's like, well, I don't want to stop holding hands. So she grabs his hand and puts it on her boob, pours the sugar in the mug, stirs it, and then puts his hand back in her hand. And she's like... That's the deal. That's the deal. Yeah. Um, a thing all adults do. Uh, well, yeah, I've been there, done that. Yeah. Young love. Joey comes in and Joey's like, hey, you two are getting serious. And he doesn't stop talking in that tone and then everyone gets really uncomfortable. And again, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to know these characters again for the first time. I haven't watched an episode in forever. And I kind of like Joey so far uh, yeah. in, in this. In the first and 27 like, seconds. In the whole episode, he's he is he does no harm. He does the least harm. He does. That's he's true. sort of like he, he's sort of a cross between a frat boy and the Cheshire cat. <laughs> wait, wait, at what point in the series? Because like he makes them uncomfortable and he's like, am I making you uncomfortable? What point <laughs> in the series does Joey become self-aware? Oh, Lord. Like what? <laughs> Maybe in that uh, failed spinoff, Joey, oh, he becomes self-aware. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Totally forgot about that. Yeah. Joey's baggy clothes just has to be noted. I had to look up. I'm like, okay, that was 2002. That like aligns with K- Pacey's pants. Pacey's baggy pants. Yeah, that'd be a great name for a podcast. Pacey's pants. No, Joey's baggy. Oh, Joey's baggy clothes. Okay. Yeah, Joey no belt. A, f- a fashion podcast about the early aughts. <laughs> yes, Brittany. Um. What? Take it and run. The, uh, <laughs> that podcast. Oh, you no. got it. <laughs> um, so Mike and Phoebe, Mike has a thought. He starts, he's like, I got something for you. He's digging in his pockets. He pulls out some gum. That's not what he wanted to give. He pulls out five bucks. He's pretty excited about that. But no, that's not what he wants to give Phoebe. And then he pulls out a house key. And he's like, I figured we were at the perfect place where we can, you know, exchange house keys be that type of relationship. That's the serious level I want to be at. 
And I think Phoebe, she says she wanted the $5, but the key's great too because, oh, it represents our apartments. Here's my key. She says, I didn't know I was ever going to feel this way about someone. This is incredible. And Joey is off to the side and he's like, yeah, it is. These little metal things open doors. <laughs> it's a funny bit. It, it really is. Best joke of the episode, probably. Um, I didn't know that Joey was the funny guy. I thought, well, anyway, we'll get there. But I do want to uh, uh, state as we go on this adventure <laughs> uh, uh, in that we're only two minutes into the episode. Of course. Um, uh, 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 pondering every bit in an episode of Friends might drive us mad. That's yeah. absolutely true. So <laughs> I promise I won't r- shout every joke out and laugh at it, John. <laughs> I just wanted to point that out there. There's some funny moments in the show, but I'd say there are lots that aren't. There's so many bits. Which is most of them. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, And in this next scene, there's a lot of not funny things because Ross and Rachel are interviewing people to be their new nanny for their baby. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's unfortunate because the lady's like, hey, do you do random drug tests? It's fine. Um and they slam the door on her face and are like, no, we would never hire a drug addict as if this lady is living right. on the streets or something. Right. As if she's anything, as if she's been portrayed as anything other than possibly a stoner. Yeah. It's insane. In 2002, we executed marijuana addicts. Yeah. I don't know if you guys knew that. Yeah, no. I had no idea. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh Things my have God. Yeah. Um, they look at the, the list and... Ross makes an assumption that their next interviewer, Sandy, is a woman who's got a degree in childhood education, has worked for many families, and he is shocked to find out that it's Freddie Prinze Jr. You did miss, uh, again, let me go back on the bit, you did miss that one joke about brawless and about the one woman who was brawless and blonde and ross goes she was blonde (laughs) didn't notice because she wasn't wearing a bra that's why right but they're setting us up to remind us that ross he's a dude is a man is a real man with boners oh man boner men he loves those (laughs) brawlessness he loves (sighs) that that's that's right rob a boner man. He's Jesus. a real boner man. Everyone's shocked that Sandy could be a man. Sandy's a man. Freddie Prince Jr. He looks like a little delightful angel at the door. Yeah. You're hired on the spot, Freddie Prince, if you come to my door. We, we're at Phoebe's apartment. I, at the time, I didn't know who the guy was, but there's a guy at the door. They hug, and he says he's going to be in town for a couple days. You don't know who Hank Azaria is? I mean, I, di- I didn't in the context of the show. She didn't know who David was. Yeah, I don't know who the fuck David is. Oh, oh yeah, I don't. I didn't know either. Yeah, I didn't know. I, like, I, I not. I, I I didn't watch this season. Yeah, yeah. I didn't watch Friends because I was out. Mm, 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 mm. Oh, <laughs> oh yes, I'm raves. Raves were happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> David's in town from Minsk. He gives her all these compliments and they're very swoon worthy. I mean, he says something along the lines of, you know, if you imagine how beautiful someone is and like you're like, there's no possible way she's that beautiful. But here I am in front of you and you're even more beautiful than that. You're just kind of like, well, here's my life. I belong to you. It's fine. And so he asks her. He's sweet talking. He's like, are you seeing anyone? And she says, no. Ah. 
And then, oops. Yeah, we're all we're all gasping at home on our couch with our big bowl of popcorn. But everybody's bad. Luckily, we jump quickly to Monica's apartment where Phoebe's like, "How could I have lied like that? He even gave me an out." And Monica is like, "Wait, David from Minsk, the nerdy scientist guy? Really?" And she right Phoebe rightfully was like, "Chandler, really?" Which I kind of enjoyed That's because so as John pointed so me true. out on my very pushy phone call, uh, I may have some latent Chandlerisms, but I'm yeah, sure you, you do, can you explain do. that. And just so you know, I called you after you sent me a pushy email. Yeah, it was a pushy text message, John. Uh, oh, that's right. <laughs> facts are facts. And then I called you and I was like, I was like, what's up, bro? Yeah, because you are a boner man as well. Um <laughs> What did you call me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Monica kind of is like, you know what? You have to tell David. You can't go to dinner with him. I know you agree. Well, you can go to dinner with him, but you better fess up. And then Phoebe's like, I knew I should have had this conversation with Joey. Yeah. God, we go uh, quickly out into the hallway afterwards where Chandler is power walking to Monica's apartment, muttering to himself about like, the funny guy that Monica met at work. And then he stops in front of the door and talks to it and says, you think I'm funny, right? <laughs> and you then, know, you're just a door. You're just, yeah. Just stupid door. He only likes knock-knock jokes. I guess. He goes into the apartment and launches directly into a stand-up act from the 90s. Like, it's 2002 yes. at this point. Oklahoma's a crazy place. You know, they call it the Sooner State. Frankly, I'd sooner be in any other state. <laughs> He's so fragile. Yes, he yeah. is. He's having he's having a panic attack. So you know, you're right. He goes into the into the apartment, launches into that stand up routine, in order to affirm that he's the funniest. It was it, it made me sad it's for sad. all of us not knowing he was in Tulsa or why he's in Tulsa. All of these Tulsa jokes were also very confusing. <laughs> It's true. It's true. Uh, I love that he says to Phoebe, because, you know, it's like, don't even get me started. He says, don't even get me started on how they talk. And she goes, "Okay," And she walks away. (laughs) Don't let me stop you. Yeah. No kidding. No, don't worry. I I get it. Yeah. Phoebe's great. Phoebe's the best. Then Monica laughs and he's like, yeah, see, I'm a funny guy. You love my joke, that material. She's like, actually, I'm just thinking about Jeffrey from work who did a bit, a bit, which probably is really digging at Chandler, too, because he's a joke man. He really is. But the the bit was Liza Minnelli in a walk-in freezer eating a raw chicken. And Phoebe starts laughing and Ross. I have my notes, Ross. I don't know people's names. Phoebe starts laughing and Chandler's like, were you there? And she's like, no, but it sounds funny. Yeah. <laughs> it just grinds his gears. Oh, like, man. Again, Monica is so, I, she comes off so badly in this. She just doesn't understand the person she's dating. Like, Rob, if you and I were to date uh-huh. and I came up to you and said, I know a guy at work, Rob, who's the most amazing podcast producer, probably the best ever. Uh-huh. That, that upsets yeah. you. It yes. would upset you. I yeah. would not understand why you would phrase it that way. <laughs> right. But I wouldn't because I'm not fucking Monica. Yeah. I'm a good guy. I'm a good boner man. John, and as another good boner man, I would say uh, that actually 
makes me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> you would say that it's almost as if you're disregarding all of the effort I put into my. Uh, I, no, I'm not saying I know a better uh, podcast producer. I don't. I don't. Obviously. I don't. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that's what it's like. Yeah, it I don't be I'm, like that. We would be in a healthy situation, is what I'm saying. Okay. Sure. Except for what you had said that put us in an un- anyway. We're yeah, back at okay. Ross and Rachel's. Yeah, you know what's not healthy? Freddie Prince <laughs> Jr., Ross and Rachel. They're sitting around. Freddie Prince is like, when you leave children, it's like leaving a piece of your heart. And Ross goes, Are you gay? What? Oh. Oh, I mean, it was man. 2002, but come on, skis, you yeah. know. But I, you, you're I, just I, a guy it, who's a nanny. That's that's all. That's all. It's around that time that I realized, and I remember not liking dimly, not liking Ross because of the whole Ross part. Wife was well. <laughs> I remember early on, even in the nineties, being weirded out at how aggressive and hateful he was to his lesbian ex-wife. Mm. Yes, but it was at this point in the show that I realized that Ross, who is in his 40s, late mid to late 40s right now, is a Trump supporter. <gasps> Whoa. He is posting dank memes to Facebook. <laughs> wow. He's one of those. He listens to Ben Shapiro. Holy shit. But what about the science thing? I just, he's, he's reverted it. He's out of there. It now. doesn't, yeah, but he's not, he's what, he's he a researched QAnon dude. and now he knows the truth. Right, but okay. he is a hundred percent. Yeah, but you see, then we get into that world of the of of the online Trumpers who are really into like irony, who who are like, oh, I'm just joking. Like uh, Ross is a Trumper, uh, and he, you know it. You and he he makes his own meme. He That's does. true. And speaking of making your own stuff. Ew, no, uh, no, wait, wait, wait. The baby okay. starts crying. And after meeting this man for five minutes, he's like, I'll change your baby daughter's diaper. Totally fine. And they're like, okay, cool. And then he comes back and he's like, don't worry. I used my homemade diaper cream. I would call uh, the police. Yeah, no kidding. Hello, it's called 911. He's a, he's a professional caregiver with his own baby cream. <laughs> yeah, that's not creepy at all. I don't care if you're what. It's not like it's not like Freddie Prince Jr. was like uh, Domino's Pizza. <laughs> oh, is that a is that a crying baby? <laughs> yes, but also like I just now thought of like Freddie Prince Jr. having his own diaper cream, like, like line of Freddie Prince yes. cream. He's a professional Manny with bona fides. Yes. Oh, yes, he Rachel, does. Rachel says, you're hired. And he starts to tear up and cry. And Ross says, you got to be at least a little bi. Which, to which I say, like, aren't we all, though? Like, come on, Ross. I think that's, like, probably the inner thing that we're learning about Ross in this episode yeah. is that he just spoke his own truth there. Yeah. That he is a he is a pioneer of toxic masculinity. Yeah. Well, yeah. This show did probably didn't do well for the youths that watched it at the time. You don't think so? Uh, no, uh, I, can, I completely think 2002 was prime Maxim magazine. Like I, I that, that was a, a high watermark. I mean, the, the 9-11 had just happened. Everyone's a super patriot. Mm, um, yeah. Um, you know, that was a bloom of heteronormative behavior. Yeah, yeah. There was a little bit that they did where Ross says, why would a man want to be a nanny? That's like a woman wanting to be 
And you, she's like, really, she's like, oh, well, what? And he says, yeah. a king. Ugh. Okay. Well, that's, Which, that's actually fair. I understand that. Yeah, like, I, I, I get it's it. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. Perpetuating the colonial bloodline. Yes, of course, um, of course. Ross is totally into that. Well, of course. Why does Ross, the largest friend, not simply eat the other five? Before we get to the second time that joke is made, we jump to Joey's apartment. Come on, John, you got to walk us through this a little bit. That's funny. No, no. Okay. (laughs) I I barely remember it. Joey's reading a... Busty ladies. A busty ladies magazine, sitting fully clothed on his couch. Chandler bursts in the door, sees Joey looking at a nudie mag. Joey gives him the one moment, and Chandler then waits. And I'm not sure if this is supposed to be a joke of, and I know you don't want us to get too deep into it, John, but (laughs) I don't know if this is a joke that Joey reads the articles or that Joey just needs to scan the entire picture before he's done. Could be both. It probably is both. He's a a boner man, too. What a boner man. (laughs) With his ringed t-shirt thing um anyway chandler asks him he's like next time monica comes by uh bring up fire trucks so that i can you know do a whatever he he tells him about oh he's the reasoning behind it he says monica said the maitre d is the funniest guy she's ever met and again like joey's not the smartest whatever but he's like oh shit oh yeah that's a mistake that's a problem for sure yeah he's disturbed Monica walks in and he says, fire trucks. Hi, there you are. Fire trucks. (laughs) (laughs) So he almost got it. He he was almost. He tried. tried. Almost. He tried. Uh, We cut back to Phoebe's apartment after this. Very quick scenes in this a little bit longer than sitcom level episode. Must have came after the Super Bowl or something. They crammed a lot into an episode that they didn't need to. (laughs) Yeah. They were like, you get an extra 10 minutes this week. But anyway. Although I dimly remember a must-see TV, like, supersized episode sort of promotion. I could be wildly wrong. No, that stuff did happen. They did it with The Office as well, which was NBC. So it's a pattern. But at Phoebe's apartment, Phoebe does come clean to David. She's like, I don't know why I said that. I was caught up in the moment. And David is conflicted, but ultimately he understands uh, they hug goodbye and they do this like increasing level of like, well, you know, I guess you could give me a kiss on the cheek. He's like, oh, well, you know, in men's gets two kisses. Oh, well, here. And then they just start making out. They skip to the next scene of Freddie Prince Jr. and Rachel in the apartment with the baby and they're both crying. They're just tearing up. Yeah, the, chrono- the chronology of this is weird. It, but go on. it truly is. Ross comes in. He's like, what's going on? Were you guys crying? Well, he just told her the story of how he proposed to his fiance. Yeah. So Ross pulls her aside. He's like, look, that man has cried in our apartment three separate times. It, he says he's too sensitive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and he's, so she says, what's too sensitive? And, he, and then they hear a recorder playing. What child is now, this? Yeah. Now, now, now th- that... That bit, I like. Yeah, that was... <laughs> that gets the John DeVore approval. <laughs> yeah, I find recorders very funny. Comical. Very funny. So there could funny. be more recorder humor in this world. I agree. Uh, we do cut back to Phoebe's apartment after this, and they pull away from their passionate embrace. Yes. And she explains to David that this cannot happen. And David holds Phoebe's face as he's like reciting the Russian 
saying from earlier with oi at the end. <laughs> and then boom, Mike comes in and he's like, hey, remember the keys from earlier? They work. And ugh, it's tense. We cut to a commercial break at that point. Do you want to Gushers. Do you want to gush commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! And we're back. It's the TV show show. And we're knee deep in friends right now, Brittany. And we are with our friend John DeVore. Closer to me than he is to you. But you guys yes. exchange um, heated emails and text exchange. So I do I feel... Have never- <laughs> I have never gotten a passive aggressive email from Brittany. All I've gotten are supportive communications. Capital letters. Two, Woo! I see. Two good friends exchange. <laughs> yeah, well, true. let's try and change that exchange in the future, John. Let's do it. You are a monster, Rob. <laughs> okay. Speaking of monsters. Yeah, uh, Monica. Hey, well, wait. Also, how old is everyone supposed to be? I'm just curious. Uh, in Friends? Yes. Yeah. They are all in their their mid-40s. <laughs> but they're perpetually like 32 for 12 okay, years. cool. Me too. Right. I will be 32 for the rest of my life. <laughs> I think that like at some point they say their ages like in the first couple of seasons, like 27, 28. But then once right. they get to like season five, they're like, uh, let's not mention birthdays ever again. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just keep it under wraps. Yeah, I only have yeah. a birthday every five years at this point. It's totally normal. I'm a wizard. Ross tells Monica that they have a male nanny now. And he's like, he plays the recorder and bakes Madeline's. She's like, how are they? He says, lighter than air, but it's not the point. Anyway. They are not chunky man cookies. No, they're right. not. Uh, Joey comes in and he hips Monica to the problem with Chandler. And that lets her know, you remember Chandler is funny, the guy you are maybe engaged to at this point. I don't know, maybe married to. I think they're married because he called oh, her okay. his wife. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. That's a, good, that's a pretty good clue. Brittany. Yeah, that's yes. what I was picking up on. I was like, huh? Maybe that means, I don't know though. Don't quote okay. me on it. Obviously, I am the one who didn't, uh, yes. Uh, anyway, <laughs> he's like, remember Chandler, your husband likes to be a funny guy. Um, so it sucks that, you said this other person was funny or the funniest person you've ever met. Yeah. Um, Chandler then shortly comes in right afterwards and everyone's like, uh, yeah, um, the Manny. Oh, um, well, he's, I was wondering. Oh, the, uh, the male Manny. Is this where Manny was coined yeah. or at least put into the popular lexicon? Oh, it has to be. It was put in. It has to be. Living rooms across the globe. They're like, Manny, that's hilarious. I'm going right, to use that. Right. Hey, guess what? I had a male nurse. A nurse. <laughs> I love these writers. Where do they come up with this shit? He keeps talking and everyone's laughing way harder than they should be. And it, he's even saying things like, oh, I bought a pizza. Do somebody want a slice? And they're like cackling. I know you guys were coming over. I would have brought more pizza. <laughs> 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 That's when he realizes he's like, "Did you tell her what you said? Did you tell her about the thing?" And uh, about my feeling about my feelings. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Did you tell her about my feelings? Did you tell my wife something I should have expressed to her myself? Did you tell your wife something I should have the maturity? Yeah. To be able to communicate, yeah. but instead have bizarre panic attacks. <laughs> <laughs> I do a bunch of bits about Tulsa. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. 
Uh, Monica does express that Jeffrey is a bits guy and Chandler is a jokes guy. Yeah. As if that's going to like alleviate the tension. He's like, oh, okay. Well, as long as I'm the jokes guy in your life. Yeah. The jokester. Yeah. Um, I like my, I like my romantic partners to have one monolithic (laughs) (laughs) character trait and that's it. Yes. True. John, can you tell us about this finger fight at Phoebe's? (laughs) I mean... Uh, between Hank Azari and Paul Rudd. <laughs> yeah. I will say that the, these two uh, paramours of Phoebe uh, are the least uh, offensive men in this entire episode. They really are. Even, you know, because it's, because again, one thing we learn is that love is like comedy. It's all in the timing, right? Wow. If this guy had not gone off to Minsk, perhaps he and Phoebe would have uh, uh, bloomed, but that is not how it is anymore. She loves somebody else. Uh, but the two of them uh, have a weird sort of slightly homoerotic. Uh, slightly, you know, they, they throw their <laughs> they, they, they throw their each other's fingers in each other's faces and kind of have a a finger fight. Finger cuffs. Um, and and then of course the scene ends with Hank Azaria, uh, basically telling him if he's ever in Minsk to come hang out, they'll go party. Yeah. Yeah. What a what a great you know ultimately good dude. Touching. Uh, look, you know, uh, if polyamory had been a bit more mainstream then. I could see that working. I would ship it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm shipping it right now. You know what? You could ship Paul Rudd, Hank Azaria, and Lisa Kudrow. This is going to be in my next fanfic. Stay tuned. Wow. Brittany, (laughs) I am so excited for that. I will read that zine. I will read it. It's going to be two pages. And I'll look at the photos, too. We're outside of Rachel and Ross's apartment. Ross is standing outside of the door, kind of like slumped shoulders. You hear the recorder playing from the inside. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he opens the door and Joey and Freddie Prince, the Manny, the Manny, are they're both playing the recorder and Rachel's watching. They finish and Joey's like, he taught me how to play hot cross buns. <laughs> it's a pretty funny. It's a pretty funny moment. Joey is healing. <laughs> he really yes. is. Jo- like I said, he's a frat boy meets a Cheshire cat. He's a trickster. Yeah. He's yeah. like a living trickster. He appears and disappears. He makes mischief and he heals people. He really he's does. a Shakespeare clown. <laughs> yes. He is a jester. Yes. That's what they're called. Is. See, I tried to say some collegiate thing and then I said the wrong thing. So I'm glad you reminded me that it's jester, John. <laughs> See- I'm always here to learn. Look, Shakespeare clown isn't isn't 100 percent wrong. <laughs> okay, I'm coming back from Stratford upon Avon, and I'm going to talk about Bring this. Bring me my Shakespeare clown. <laughs> yes. Speaking of theater, uh, Freddie Prince as Sandy is going to put on a theatrical puppet show. And that's when Ross leaves the room and goes and yes. cracks open a beer in the kitchen. You know, because of all the beer Ross drinks right. on the show. Oh, my gosh, because right. all of a sudden he's drinking beer. Rachel's, he, he drinks, you know, he drinks like Mike's Hard Lemonade or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Rachel's it like, tastes look, good. if you don't like him then and you want to fire him, then you have to fire him. Right? That's yeah. valid. Yeah. And Ross is like, okay, I'll go dead. I'll do it right now. I've been waiting for your permission. Can I loosen this fucking tie yet or what? But yeah, I did write in my notes, like, this is where I was starting to, like, Ross's weird, like, you know, 
if there was a nanny that made you feel uncomfortable, I wouldn't ask you to hire them. And it's like, why are you throwing the blame on there? You never said you were uncomfortable. You said it's weird and that he has to be gay. Yeah. Now, you're the problem here. Yeah, exactly. But they walk out of the kitchen. He's hellbent on firing him. Then he sees him having an interaction with Joey and Joey's like tearing up being like I'm learning so much from you they're doing the puppet show he's touched yeah so you see Wiggle Munch that's why it's important to share (laughs) I am learning so much from you it's actually a pretty fun little scene because we get the little instrumental at the end so we know it's supposed to be touching oh um but we transition back to Monica's apartment and Chandler's getting ready to go back to Tulsa, but let's Monica know all the funny jokes from the Matrix <laughs> can be emailed to him. Oh yeah, at www dot, which isn't how emails work. No, I actually, um, I don't know if anyone went to www dot haha not so much dot com. No, but I didn't. I did. Uh huh. And uh-huh. that website is owned by NBC. No way. Yep. What's on it? Uh, a you've been misdirected. Oh, or, yeah. What is it again? Ha ha. Ha ha. Not so much. Dot com. And I should say it's because I tried to buy it before we recorded this episode. Oh, but it's but but it's well within the NBC's uh, yeah. uh, nav bar. Well, this is awkward. Oh, yeah. This is <laughs> sorry. Awkward. It looks like the video or page you're looking for seems to have just. Wow, some some very forward thinking uh, intern in 2002 bought a domain. He's good. I think they're. Uh, weird laws. But anyway, Monica lets Chandler know that Jeffrey told a sexist joke. So he sucks and Chandler has nothing to worry about. Yeah. He kisses her goodbye. He hugs Joey goodbye. And after he leaves, Joey's like, man, that sucks about your friend. She's like, no, I just said that. Um, Actually, he said he had me laughing so hard last night. I actually peed a little. <laughs> God. Uh, so, so again, their relationship is so solid. Yeah. She yeah, I would, she's that, gonna she, lie. that she that she that she doesn't understand her husband at all, and in, and instead of 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 understanding him, lies to him. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Uh, also, if they ever do this Friends remake, that's always rumored to happen. If Ross is a Trump supporter these days, then Chandler and Monica can't be together. So we've made two predictions. We'll see if they come true. Well, I just imagining if they're lying to each other. And have crippling anxiety yeah, about two thousand two. The writings on oh, the yeah, wall, no, the, you know. Yeah, no, no, they are both hopelessly codependent. Mm-hmm. They are still together, it's and it's like a, it's like a big, dumb, funny version of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Wow. <laughs> oh, I want to see that. I'd watch that. Yeah, I would too. Uh, uh, Monica and Chandler as George and Martha in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. One hundred percent. Wow. I'm green like that. You're blowing my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Sold in the room. Uh, we do cut back sold, to sold, sold in the room. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Uh, it's Hollywood stuff. Um, I live on the East Coast. I don't know either. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're finally back uh, to the firing scene. Ross has got his sleeves rolled up, still wearing a tie, um, and, but he's lost the jacket. He. Sits down next to Sandy. He's like, hey, we got to talk. Sandy's like, hang on. Let me put my knitting needle down because I'm sensitive and I must knit. Um, Ross gets through the firing while Rachel is yelling from the other room like, no, 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 not us. You. It's you that wants to do this, which is kind of good because 
Ross is trying to escape blame of being the sole person firing at all points. He stammers and admits to not being comfortable with Sandy's level of sensitivity. And Sandy puts Ross in the hot seat. You know, I'm just not um, that comfortable with a guy who's as sensitive as you. That's fair. Although, can I ask, why do you think that is? Why? I I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe because of my father? Mm. No, he's super warm. He's super safe and comfortable. He's like, mm-hmm. do you mind telling me why that is? He's very kind and warm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, because he's, 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 he's not... Broken. He's not a boner boy. I know. I get the lingo these days. I know what you guys are talking about. I do appreciate that. <laughs> I, I almost forgot about boner boy. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Um, sorry. John. I'm a boner man. I'm so, a boner man. Excuse me. Boner man. One just rolls off the tongue better. <laughs> anyway. Uh, ew. Did you just um, Did you just casually throw in an excuse me? No. It wasn't casual at all. It was very emphatic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're like, no, it's very strategic. (laughs) Excuse me? A baking powder? But Ross is opening up about his relationship to his father, and he ends up crying, and Freddie Prinze Jr. comforts him in his strong arms. So strong. And, you know, they all got to get a, they all have a case of the boohoos every now and again. Mm -hmm. And Ross is dedicated to wearing tank tops going. Here on out. Yeah. Um, Dude, do we, oh, speaking of Zoom calls, nobody's talking about Zoom calls right now. But like, do people that you know, like wear tank tops <laughs> on Zoom calls and you're like, put on a real shirt. Like, I shouldn't be able to see your shoulders. Ugh. This is business. No, I haven't experienced that. But I did experience I accidentally put on a V-neck T-shirt instead of just a traditional black T-shirt for a Zoom meeting once. What's wrong with the V-neck? Was it a deep V? Well, mine was a little too deep. Oh. Uh, it wasn't like an extreme to your belly button. Deep, but I think, yeah, you <laughs> know, I had to get a closed. Cl- Did it show off your decolletage? <laughs> God damn it. Um, I, Look, I only wear a tank top when I'm teaching my CrossFit class. Right. And that makes sense <laughs> to me. I was wondering yeah. where to sign up for that, John. Please tell me after we record. It'll be in the show notes. <laughs> you got to have a rope. Oh, well. Oh. I've got soap. I'm big in the rope. Oh, yeah. Man. Ropes for days. <laughs> so we do get a a little credit sequence of Freddie Prince Jr. and as Sandy of Sandy and Joey communicating via puppets. It's fun. He says, What's the ship that can't sink? It's the friendship. Oh, I And then mean, we find out that I admittedly I didn't really I was like, I missed something. I was like, I don't really get the joke there, but now that you say it, that's a good one. Yeah, it's it's a very sandy level joke. Mm-hmm. And then we find out that uh Joey's paying him <laughs> to hang out yeah. for his time. Joey needs a nanny. And he's like, "Hey, 20 bucks an hour, I can handle that. I can't ever pay my bills throughout this show. But I got 20 bucks for the manny. The manny. <laughs> what an exhausting show. Yeah. I don't think I will ever watch another <laughs> friends episode. Oh man. It's misogynist, it's homophobic, it's transphobic. There's a weird line that like, there's a, when you get a level of like, it's all of those things. <laughs> it is a weird show because it is so politically uh, uh, old fashioned. And yet we still communicate in this sort of mass sarcasm 
You know, we still, people still communicate the, in the vocabulary of friends. Oh, yeah. We are, we are a culture that's still about irony and smirking and sarcasm. And so many comedic voices are similar to friends. It's really bizarre. The politics are off, but we still very much live in the world of, of friends. It's uncomfortable that it's so comforting to so many people. And I have to admit that, like, we watched this so much as I spoke earlier about that like there is a place that like feels like home in certain episodes, but not in these. And it has to, I guess it has to be the only, because it's the episodes I watched at the time, because this wasn't one of them. And I did not feel comfortable watching this episode the same way I would say like, I don't know, one where they just get stuck in a closet or something, you know? Right. Well, but I mean, by, by this point in friends, it's, you know, as they're getting, as they're intermarrying and whatever, you know, then we get into a kind of, the soap opera mm-hmm. yeah. uh, end of it where we all care about, the, you know, uh, the early episodes that are, were more random, I think were more satisfying. And you know what? There's only white people. Oh, yeah. And later in the season, I believe they introduce one black character. And I it has to be just because everyone just started giving comment that like this show's going on for 12 years. Um, I'm sorry. Uh there's only white people in New York. Oh, oh really? Oh, I lived there. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. I must be, I don't know. I guess I'm going crazy. Yeah. I, I don't know where you are, but uh, New York is a famous for being homogenous. Mm. Oh, good Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I did remember one thing in this tail end of the episode, John, you were talking about, you know, the humor and the sarcasm that is ingrained in like a certain percentage of the population and you had also mentioned how I, you know, the Chandlerisms and such. I specifically remember, I don't remember what I said, but my mom just turned to me and goes, not everything needs to be sarcastic. And most of the time, sarcasm isn't funny, Robert. And I took that to heart. I don't think I learned completely, but I also was just like, oh, man. But but it's, but it's true. Like sarcasm is not a joke. Yeah, it's easy. Well, it's an affectation. It's a it's a it's a kind of delivery. Um, but but it's not a joke. And I think a lot of people confuse comedy and joking with you know sarcasm and like smug comments. Mm-hmm. Sure, mm-hmm. right. You know, be, being a wise ass can be funny, but being a wise ass isn't necessarily comedy. So true. So true. Thank you, Brittany. So, John, where can people find you? Like, and do you want to? Do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, you can find me at uh, on my Twitter account at John Devore, where I regularly post articles. Uh, to my website, Humongous, which is sponsored by Medium. I just posted something about Columbo. Oh, uh, I watched this. I also watched the Social Network yesterday. Rewatched it. And I'll be writing about why we should all be deleting Facebook. Ooh, uh, well, give me some uh, friend pointers offline, please. Tell me why. Just kidding. I'll wait till the article comes out. All I want from you, Brittany, is your uh, page views. Okay. Okay, you got it. We'll get them. I'll get get you those page views, okay? Okay. Um, I miss you guys. I miss you. Miss you too, John. Miss you a lot. Soon enough, we will all do a live show in a movie (gasps) theater again. And free boozy milkshakes and uh, just bre- it just breaks my heart, man. Yeah, movie. Th- I miss I miss that so much. Yeah. Well, John, 
I, I all right, do way too. to bring I it down, some... Rob. No, way to bring that, it down. no, 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 no. We're all God staying damn here. It. We can be true to ourselves. And in one way we do that is by thanking our producer, Jeremy Siegel. He edits this episode. He's the Roz of our team. He Thank is. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, yes. Jeremy. Not the Ross. Uh, the Roz. No. The Roz. Freddie Prinze Jr. Yes. Okay. And, uh, Brittany, people, you know, I don't say this a lot and you don't say this a lot, or maybe we say it all the time. I don't remember, but mm. people can leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people discover mm. fun episodes mm-hmm. and things of this nature. But where can people find us on Instagram? At the TV show show. You'll see our Instagram. We post gifts and pictures and all kinds of things. And uh, if you catch us next week, which you should. Oh, yeah. We have There Goes the Neighborhood with Mike Sachs. It's it's some weirdo pilot episode that never took off in any direction. And when you hear about the episode, you'll understand why. Because it's absolute garbage. But it was fun to watch. I completely agreed. I can't wait, Brittany. This has been fun. Thanks again, John. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. Miss you already. Talk to you guys soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. We're going to edit this and it's just going to be you talking. That's not, I don't want that. This is an interplay of energy. Yeah, it's true. I'm a good boner man.